The Australian government is set to invest in an Indigenous-led research into domestic and family violence as part of a national strategy to end violence against First Nations women and children. The funding will be used to create a data set that will provide a national picture of First Nations women and children, as well as culturally sensitive data collection and reporting practices. Ms Ridgeworth says an improved evidence framework will also allow the government to better track the progress of the initiative. Western Australia's government has agreed to a historic $180.4 million settlement to address the decade-long injustice of wages stolen from thousands of Aboriginal workers between 1936 and 1972. The state will also issue a public acknowledgement and apology in Parliament at the end of the month to surviving and deceased Aboriginal workers. The settlement is subject to approval by the Federal Court of Australia, with the court to decide the exact amount of each claimant. Vicky Anzulatos from Shine Lawyers, who represented the claimants, says she hopes the class action can inspire greater understanding of the experiences of Aboriginal people in the state. The workers and their descendants suffered intergenerational disadvantage because of the legislation that was in place in the state of Western Australia over many decades, which affected the lives and livelihoods of Aboriginal people. A remote Indigenous community in Western Australia is renewing its calls for the state government to improve the quality of local drinking water, linking poor health to the water quality. Nitrate levels have been high for a number of years in the goldfields region of Laverton. The organic compound is commonly found in groundwater. A drinking water quality report by local supplier Water Corporation found that over the past decade, nitrate levels peaked at nearly 40 milligrams per litre in 2020 in the Laverton Shire. That is 15 times higher when compared to the Perth suburb of Wanneroo. Wangatha Wanganara elder Annette Stokes told SBS it's frustrating to residents that the problem hasn't been addressed. Sad and angry because, you know, we spoke to them not lots of time around the table too and um, explain all that we can and what we're saying you know is fix it help us fix it and um, with our elders and even our people you know young people and all you know they coming up and having kidney problems and it's a terrible thing. The Prime Minister has joined leaders from 18 Pacific nations at the Pacific Islands Forum Leaders Meeting in the Cook Islands. This will be Mr Albanese's first visit to the Cook Islands as Prime Minister and his second time attending a leaders meeting at the PIF of which Australia is a founding member. The meeting's agenda includes steps to deliver the 2050 strategy for the Blue Pacific Continent which focuses on regional solutions to issues like climate change and security. Mr Albanese says security matters in the region will also be discussed, including China's closer diplomatic ties with the Solomon Islands. One of the things about uh, the Pacific Island Forum is that we have recognised in last year's statement the importance of the Pacific family uh, looking after our security interests of the region. But the Pacific family is also made up of sovereign states, so we respect Uh, the fact that sovereign states have a right to make uh, their decisions. Cybersecurity experts say a national Optus outage highlights the fragility of Australia's communication network. Optus has said its engineers are investigating a network fault which has seen millions of Australian businesses and mobile phone users unable to make or receive calls and mobile internet down. 
Federal Communications Minister Michelle Rowland has said the outage appeared to be a deep and significant network problem, while an Optus spokesman said the company was working to restore services as a priority. CEO of the Cybersecurity Cooperative Research Centre, Rachel Falk, says the outage, which also saw Melbourne train services interrupted, is unprecedented in scale. As we see the fragility of the telco network, it connects everyone to everything. It connects, uh, obviously, train services, uh, hospitals, internet, um, phone services, and it's from, you know, right from Cairns to Melbourne to Perth to across here to the East Coast. Optus customers will receive 200 gigabytes of extra data as part of the telco giant's apology following the lengthy outage that affected millions of Australians and disrupted the nation's emergency services and businesses. Optus Chief Executive Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin acknowledged that customers had been let down and it was integral for them to be connected in the modern world. As part of the company's apology, Optus customers will have access to 200 gigabytes of extra data for free over the next few months. The United Nations says nearly 10,000 civilians have been killed in Ukraine since the beginning of the war in February of 2022. Assistant Secretary-General Miroslav Jenka briefed the Security Council on the ongoing effects on the civilian population. We continue to condemn in the clearest terms all attacks against civilians and civilian infrastructure, no matter where they take place and no matter who is responsible. Such attacks are prohibited under international humanitarian law. They are unacceptable and must cease immediately. The UN has also condemned the large civilian toll in the month-long war between Israel and Hamas. The death toll in Gaza over the last 30 days surpassed 10,000, according to the Hamas-controlled Ministry of Health. More than 1,400 people were killed in Israel as a result of the October 7 Hamas attack. United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres says more must be done to stop the deaths of civilians. Gaza is becoming a graveyard for children. Hundreds of girls and boys are reportedly being killed or injured every day. More journalists have reportedly been killed over a four-week period than in any conflict in at least three decades. More United Nations aid workers have been killed than in any comparable period in the history of our organisation. Jewish groups in Australia have marked the one-month anniversary of the attack that sparked the latest stage of the long-running Israel-Hamas conflict by calling for peace. In Canberra, Jewish prayers of mourning have been said for both Israelis and Palestinians. Event organiser Corinne Fageret says despite the insistence of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that there cannot be a ceasefire, many Jews disagree. There are many people in Israel calling for a ceasefire. And from my own conversations within the Jewish community, I know that there are many Australian Jews that feel the same way. And in football, a new collective bargaining agreement will allow top Matildas and Socceroos players to earn up to $200,000 per year, even outside of the World Cup campaigns. That is a significant increase from the base wage of the $110,000 Tier 1 contracted Matildas earned under the previous deal. As part of the new agreement, which runs until 2027, central contracts for Matildas players have been scrapped in favour of match payments equal to those enjoyed by the Socceroos.
70% of player payments will be derived from the match fees and a further 30% will come from commercial payments. Carers for the children of players up to the age of four rather than two will be given accommodation as part of a deal FA Chief Executive James Johnson described as globally unique. Football Australia and the Professional Footballers Association have also agreed to work on a human rights policy. And that is NITV's news wrap-up of the week. 